Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash speaking of partnership. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get yours today. I'm excited to bring you today's featured guests, Antia and Brody Boyd. Antia, Brody, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, hi. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. And in case any of you listening maybe are new to Auntie and Brody, let me let me just give you a little background. We're going to start with Auntie. For for over 10 years, she's actually been helping single women from all over the world to find the right man for them without the loneliness and sadness and, and wasting time. And she studied personality psychology at UC Berkeley. And she's led many soulmate support groups where most of the women have attracted the right man for them. Now Brody, he's been helping single men all over the world to find the right woman so that they can share their life with her. And, and without the fear and anxiety and rejection that oftentimes comes along with that, he's been doing that for over 12 and a half years. And he actually has a degree in communications and interpersonal relationships. Not to mention that for the past decade, he has studied everything he can get his hands on about women and dating and building great confidence and social skills. Now, you can tell this is a power couple. They've been on stages all over the country, radio shows, and, and they recently moved to San Diego, California. Antia Brody, take a second, fill in any blanks that I may have missed there in the intro, and, and give us a little glimpse into your personal life. <laughs> Awesome. Well, there's a lot, a lot of uh, good, interesting things that happen in our lives. But since we are a couple um, in business, helping other couples, helping them find the right partner for them. So a lot of... Uh, well, we help the dynamics. singles to become couples. Yes, we help singles to find the right partner for them. And so, yeah, it's, it's just been a journey, you know, of us both working on ourselves to work on becoming the most attractive version of ourselves we could be. And then when we actually, so we did a lot of workshops, we worked with a lot of coaches. And then when we eventually met each other, we had this like instant connection because we had both done all this work and really become like the best version of ourselves. We just connected so quickly and, and related so quickly and then just grew from there and became this life purpose mission that we got onto that we're so passionate about. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and I think for me, you know, I grew up in a household with an emotionally unconscious parents. And, and so what that meant was like words like I love you or hugs were, I always say, as um, common as Christmas and Thanksgiving falling on the same day. And so as a consequence, I just became as emotionally unconscious to cope with that, right? And then as a response, I attracted a lot of emotionally unavailable men. So 
um, you know, attracting Brody, who's really emotionally available on all levels, it's, it's really a true blessing. You know, what that means is like that whatever emotion comes up or whatever conversation, quote unquote, needs to be had, like that he keeps leaning in versus withdrawing. Mm. Nice, nice. And I want to clear something up because I'm sure people are listening and they're trying to guess your accent, Auntie. Yeah, you're from Germany, correct? <laughs> Oh, from Germany, yes. Okay, great. So there, for everybody who is like, where's she from? Where's she from? We resolved it. Uh, <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, we try to clear that up as quick as we can, usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. guys, I'm so glad you're here. And I, I want to start with kind of asking you, what what would you consider, I call it a guiding principle, but it, it's something that you reference that, that gets you back on track whenever you get off in the weeds a little bit. And I'm wondering what it is. Is it a quote? Is it a mantra? Just a, a saying you love? And how do you apply it in your life so that our, our listeners can do the same? Yeah, so should I yeah, uh, so for first. me, it's always like you are, uh, you attract who you are being, right? So that's my mantra. So when I attract, and sometimes it's not great, right? Like something that bothers me or a person that annoys me or whatever, you know, I just get to look at myself and be like, okay, if I attract who I'm being, then, you know, what am I judging about myself, right? Or, you know, what part of me am I not looking at or not embracing? Um, so that's like really my guiding principle to always come back into integrity and alignment. I mean, alignment is the biggest thing in, in dating and in life in general because that's the only time when I am like magnetic and everything flows with ease and grace and there's no effort, right? Um, everything just kind of like magically happens how some, some clients say they come to us. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, and I, yeah, I would agree with that as well. It's like we're, we're really mirrors for each other and, and to be able to use partnership as a source of uncovering our own blind spots and growing even faster uh, as humans, you know, towards enlightenment or just having a happier, better life. Um, that's been really a beauty of, of our relationship and the relationship that we create for our clients with their ideal partner is like a relationship where you really are supporting each other and growing each other to be the best version of yourselves and have the best lives together you can possibly have because of that. Yeah, that, that, that's so great. And, and it's one of the reasons why I love having couples on the show is almost every time what comes up is the impact that being in partnership has on the expansion of their individual lives. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Brody gets to be my super conscious, if you will, like he's always, he, he like says, oh, so what does that have to do with you? Or, you know, <laughs> is this part of you coming out? I'm curious, right? So it's like, Arr. so yeah. yeah which, part of, which, which part of you is speaking right now? <laughs> nice. So, of course, what I don't want to hear, but what I definitely need to hear in that moment, like that's the kind of person that Brody is for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's, that's great. So cool. Because when that's coming from love and respect, it's very different than somebody's like, oh, what's that about? Right. Yeah. Right. I like to view it as like um, really holding a container. Well, as, as the masculine side of it is like holding the container for the other partner to just 
bloom into the best version of themselves possible and to be like you could be the sunlight for that for them to bloom um I like doing that I like visualizing my wife is like she's a beautiful flower and I'm like the sun and the sky (laughs) and the the water that gets to water that flower um and and hold space for that flower to to bloom yeah and be radiant wow that's that's a great great metaphor thank you Brody yeah well, yeah. here's, here's where I'd like to go next, guys. Is and I'm sorry, Auntie. I keep saying guys. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm very aware you're not a guy. Um, one of the things our listeners have told us is they love when our guests share stories about their personal experience. And, and what I'd love to have you do mm-hmm. is take us to a time in your life. Well, let's start here. Let's start with the time when you tripped up a little bit. Maybe, you know, what was going on in your life? What did you trip on? And then what did you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward in partnership? Yeah, well, I feel for me, it was uh, in my journey. I um, I used to struggle a lot with um, uh, connecting with women. I, had my, I did a little work on myself and got in my first relationship in college. But then after two and a half years of being together, she decided to leave me. And she dumped me, and I was actually, um, when she left, surprisingly very devastated by that, and I entered the deepest depression of my life, um, and I just felt totally rejected, alone, didn't understand women, didn't understand what they wanted, and so that's what really got me on this path originally of, like, becoming so passionate about wanting to master this, and reading the hundreds of books, and getting my degree in communications, and uh, spending the tens of thousands of dollars on workshops and seminars, Um, but one of the things that I really learned that helped me to start figuring this out was really just the power of the power of just facing my fears and actually the way my whole relationship with fear. Cause I used to have a lot of like the fear of rejection of not being good enough or the fear of failure, screwing it up or um, yeah, the fear of just totally being rejected or ostracized or just like not having it worked out. And, um, so when I found the, the gateway out of this, and a lot of my, my dating coaches and mentors helped me with this, was um, changing my relationship with fear, which was to actually, instead of running away from fear in relationship, but actually to run towards the fear and to mm-hmm. dance with the fear and to make love to the fear. And by dancing with it, by m- moving towards it, by making love with it, what I found is that it was able to uh, actually transform the thing I was afraid of into something that could actually benefit my life. Um, I love the quote from Joseph Campbell, which I feel is so true in, in dating and relationships, which is the cave that you fear. And it, Joseph Campbell, for those who don't know, he was one of the big inspirations behind the Star Wars films um, for George Lucas. But he, he's, his quote was, the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. So you might want to write that down. The cave that you fear to enter the most holds the treasure that you seek. So by being willing to slay those dragons in front of that cave and go into the cave, that's the dark, scary cave, actually you'll find that when you get to the end of the cave, there's treasure there that awaits you that you could then bring back to your to your life and to your relationships. So um, that's what I practice with Ancha as well regularly is when I feel like there's something I'm afraid of talking about or there's something I'm afraid of um, doing with her or like growing with her and a certain goal that I want to have us do um, to actually start to talk about it and to bring it out in the open and to do those things 
that I'm afraid of, to do those things that we're afraid of. That was what really helped me in my, my single life as a single man as well was actually facing the fear of rejection and going for it and putting myself into a vulnerable position where I could be uh, rejected or accepted. But a lot of people don't do that, which is why they're stuck for so long. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. excellent. Thank you. Auntie, how about yeah. you? Oh, gosh. I mean, one thing that really comes to mind for me is I was really on the track of punishing men, right? So, like, if they say, I call you at three, and I would call me at four, then I would, like, delete their number right away from my phone, right? <laughs> so, there's, like, yeah, I, I would punish men from, like, withdrawing from them, from deleting them, um, and just really have, like, this, this cutoff principle, right? And so now, of course, what was inauthentic about it was that I basically had to close my heart to do that because, you know, like I basically didn't allow them to be human and allowed, I expected them to be superhuman, right? So, um, so I, in a way, I set them up for, for failure. I was unforgiving. I was resentful towards men, right? And I see that with, with the women who come to me. And, and ultimately, yeah, just like emotionally, like not available, right? Um, and what I see, what the biggest trick up, uh, trick up for me was, was that I was constantly like looking for, okay, where's he not following through? Or where's this not happening? Or, right, I would always like expect that already. Like I would actually like greet somebody and give them like my hand and say hi. And at the same time, I would give them already stern look because I was punishing them because I expected them to reject me the next second. So like basically nobody, nobody really had a chance. Right, um, and or wanted to even come close because I'm sure I had a resting bitch face and all of that. Right, that was like sending the the you know signals, the unconscious signals that I was like not available, that I was not ready to receive love and and um, be vulnerable. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I mean, you both talked about you know essentially facing fears. And mm -hmm. so oftentimes we think that's like, oh, that's you know, a horrible thing. You, you know, it's embarrassing and I don't want anybody to know I had any fears. But I mean, you don't get out of this life without fears. So I mean, it's not like, oh, you're there's only you that has fear. No, but we somehow tell ourselves. And I love the um, the title of uh, Brene Brown's first book, which was mm -hmm. I thought it was just me. And as long mm -hmm. as we think it's just us then it's embarrassing. Right. But when we go, wait a minute, everybody's got it. I mean, they've got their own flavor of these fears and anxieties and so on, but we all have them. That's part of being human. Mm -hmm. So it's really mm -hmm. cool the Absolutely. way you guys have both given such great examples of how you had to kind of face some fears to be able to actually get to a place like you are now where you can have this kind of healthy and thriving partnership. So those are great examples. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So welcome. I'm going to ask you a little different question, similar, but I feel like this is a um, distinct nuance to, to what I want to delve into. And what I'd love to know is what's a time in your life when you had what I call a duh moment? You know, it's one of those times where you're just like, geez, I can't believe I've missed this for so long. And let us know a little bit about, you know, what happened that, that led to that duh moment. And then how did you take that wake up moment and turn it into a building block for the, the future partnerships you now have? 
so mine was uh, so clear. Um, my aha moment was I woke up one morning. So I, basically I was a guy and he kept texting me, but he never asked me out. Or then he said, oh, I'm going to be at that event. But then I was at the same event. He said, oh, I was there an hour earlier. Or, so there's always like this kind of like peace and this unattainability. And, you know, it was just really bothering me, right? And then just one morning I just woke up and I just realized that, you know, I've been waiting for this guy to change, like how I've been waiting for my dad to change, like for my dad to finally give me that attention, especially that emotional attention that I just never got. And just something popped where I just realized, it, like, I can just free myself from that right now, that that's just not going to happen. And, um, and I remember I actually turned on Taylor Swift and uh, you know, we will never get back together, right? And I was, and, and I just really broke up with my old self, right? Mm. I was like dancing through my room and singing the song. And I just, my life was never the same because like, I got it on a visceral level. Like, I, you know, you know, you're all just like, you know, just uh, mentally, I always got that, right? You know, I studied attachment styles at UC Berkeley. So I understand all of that on a mental level, but I just really got it like on, on a physiological level or a spiritual level, right? Whatever level you want to call it. And, you know, what that meant for me was that from that point on, I just said, you know what? The guy was meant for me. He just knows. There's no, you know, wandering around or questioning or just like dangling the carrot in front of my nose, right? And um, he'll just know. And, and lo and behold, when I met Brody, he told me right away, like the first night that we met, he told me, that I'm the girl of the story. So I really see that, like, my intention that I said back then, that, that big breakthrough, and that was just five months before I met him, right? So it doesn't have to take that long from a breakthrough. Just, it, you know, it all became very congruent for me. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, for me, it was, my breakthrough was, where I was, I, I started my journey actually pretty, pretty young. And I, I, like I said, I've been doing this work for over, it's actually about over, yeah, almost 13 years now or over 13 years. And, uh, basically when I started, I started reading books on dating. Actually, my first self-help book I ever read was about dating. And, uh, I was by this guy called Ross Jeffries. He wrote a book called speed seduction. It was like how to date, how to, seduce women with uh, NLP and hypnosis. <laughs> and, and so I was like, you know, I was like getting involved. And I'm like this, even back then I thought this was kind of weird, but so I, but that got me started though, at least got me started. Cause I was really interested in like, how do I meet women? How do I do it? Well, and the whole problem was, so then I started reading more books and I studied more materials around that. Um, read a lot of information online and things like that. But the thing that the pro the problem it created for me, it gave me a lot of insights, but the problem it created for me was it put me a lot in my head. And so I'm sure a lot of people out there can relate to this because I know a lot of our clients struggle with this, but I was in my head a lot, just trying to figure out everything logically. Like what logically can I do to convince this person to love me or to like me or to accept me? Or what can I, what should I say? And what should I, how can I strategize step-by-step step of exactly what to do in any scenario and what the, all the possible variants of behavior might be and how I can adapt, I can adjust to that. 
So I'd like plan out this whole thing. It's like, I felt like I got to the point where I was like a SWAT team or like a, a, yeah, a Navy SEAL going into like a social situation and having all my training and all my tools in my toolbox. So the problem was it wasn't working and it was struggling. And so I was having a hard, <laughs> I was having a hard time because I would be so stuck in my head that I wouldn't know what to do. I would get nervous. I'd get uncomfortable. I'd get awkward. Anxiety would come up. And so my big duh moment was when I finally realized, I think it just came to me out of, out of just so much trial and error and frustration of doing it wrong so many times and screwing it up that I finally realized like this isn't working. And that's when I made the shift of like, Oh my God, like, we are human beings. We've evolved from our ancestors. They've all successfully mated and reproduced, you know, all the way back to our bacterial ancestors. We have a lot of the wisdom inside of knowing what to do, but it was about listening to that wisdom. And it was coming from our heart, coming from my heart. And so that's the big shift I made was getting out of my head and getting more into my heart and starting to take action based on what my heart was telling me, what I wanted, what emotionally I was drawn to what I wanted to say, what I wanted to do, um, opening up and being more in touch with my body and my emotions and what the wisdom was coming from there rather than just my logic and my, my masculine brain that was trying to tell me um, logically what I should do. So once I made that shift, that was huge for me when I started having a lot better interactions with women, with people, and started actually having emotional connections and led me to the point where I was able to emotionally open up and be vulnerable and have a, a marriage and be married and have a deep, passionate, loving relationship with my wife. So that was my big uh, duh, aha moment. Move from your head to your heart. Yes. Um, such good advice. <laughs> and, you know, you both kind of spoke to it because even you out here were saying, you know, you understood these things from your studies at university, but until mm -hmm. you let them come in and be visceral, it didn't have any impact. And unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of, of, you know, advice and books and programs and people sit there and collect all this content and they, they can spout it, but they they haven't brought it into them. So it's just stuck yeah. in their head. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it gets yeah. in the way. And then we're all worried about, oh my gosh, am I doing this checklist right or the strategy right? And the reality is, you got to bring it inside. And it's so funny. I ran across mm -hmm. this quote today and it must've been because you guys were going to say what you said, <laughs> but it's from <laughs> one of my Obviously. most quotable people I know is Simon Sinek. I don't know if you know Simon Sinek, the author of start with, or yeah, start with why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this quote says knowledge is understanding based on what's been studied and learned. Wisdom is understanding based on what's been felt and experienced. Mm. Mm -hmm. which is exactly yeah. what you both just spoke to yeah yeah exactly which is also the same principle of like um uh trying to plan like i said trying to plan out everything in your head beforehand yeah. of all the scenarios of what could happen and then which i was doing it rather than just simply taking action and doing it and taking a risk and you know um, going for that thing or, or hiring my my dating coach that i went to i actually took action i actually did something approaching the woman and learn through that experience having an experience of it rather than trying to plan it out and prepare logically in my head because it's never going to be perfect anyway so that perfectionism and that planning is just coming from fear mm -hmm. and so once I realized that that the fear was the reason I was doing that and it was all based on not coming from love then I was able to get past that and just purely take action and get into it and, and do it from that place 
um, taking massive action, as Tony Robbins calls it, which eventually led me to finally have actual connections and actual success and get married. <laughs> yeah. Lovely wife. And, oh. and, and you know, it's, it's funny because you, you just made me think about this, and I can't remember who t said this to me. But they said, you know, the, the truth is, from a guy's perspective, if, if a woman's interested in you, it doesn't matter what you say. You can bumble the biggest screw up ever and not even say words that make sense and they're still going to like you. Mm -hmm. And conversely, if they don't like you, you can say the most eloquent thing in the world and it's not going to matter. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not about the words. Mm -hmm. It's not about the format. It's not about I got this all buttoned up. It's how you show up. Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, yeah, attraction isn't a choice. You know, people can't logically choose to be attracted to you or not. It's something that they feel based on who you're being. Like Anju was talking about earlier, it's like who you're showing up as. Have you done the work on yourself? You know, have you cleared out a lot of your fears? Like, are you taking action? Are you building these skills? Um, but, yeah, it's who you're being, who you're showing up as that's going to cause them to be attracted or not. Not anything really that you do or say, especially anything that you say to them. It's more of that visceral feeling that's created in them because of who you're being exactly well and for the women it's like even more so right because so many women come to me and say well what should i say after the first date that has him ask me out again and <laughs> and what i what uh, and i and you know i always just say you know when i see women who get asked out over and over again like they're just being they're just having a good time i don't even know if they're saying anything really right so i just really study them you know, sit next to them in a restaurant and, you know, look at, study a couple, right? And oftentimes the woman really doesn't do that much. Maybe she plays with her hair or, you know, she smiles a certain way, right? But I, you know, I don't think it really matters. And if we're honest to ourselves, like we don't even remember conversations we had with, with somebody, right? We just know this felt good or we had a good time, right? But like nobody really says, oh, what this guy said this was really interesting or you know when she said this this made me ask her out a man would just never say that right because he really responds to to her way of being to emotional um connection that she has to herself yeah i think it was maya angelou who said people don't remember what you said but they remember how you how you made them feel mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's so interesting I love what you just brought up because I, I do a lot of events where it'll be a co-ed event and we'll do kind of a he said, she said, you know, back and forth. And mm -hmm. it never matters what the topic is. Somehow we get around to the question that you just said, Auntie, where, where the women will be like, I want to know what guys are looking for. So they ask you out for a second date. Mm -hmm. And universally, it doesn't matter their age from 20 to 80. They always, the guys will be like, I don't know. There's just something about you. There, you know, there's just some mm -hmm. vibe or something. We don't even have a word for it. And mm -hmm. the women get so frustrated because they want to do something. <laughs> like, do I need to yeah. wear a red dress? Do I need to put my hair up or down? Yeah. Do I... And the guy's like, that doesn't matter. None of it's relevant. And the reality yeah. is what we're saying is you don't have to do anything. You need to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you're mm -hmm. present and authentic and genuine with somebody, it's attractive. Yeah. It's really so true. I remember I asked Cody, I said, when did you know that you want to propose to me? And he's like, you were just sitting on my bed. And I was like, what was I doing? You were not really doing anything. And <laughs> so it's just like, okay. <laughs> 
awesome good stuff okay so that's when he knew oh this is the woman i want to get married to i was just it was just a random moment and i was just sitting on his bed and nothing you know nothing special or nothing was said and he just knew right so so i feel if people understand that it's really they don't decide when something happens right it's like they allow the space to be created between the man and the woman, right? Or the other way, way around too, right? When the man allows that with the woman, that's when things can happen because that's when I started to understand that there's a space because it wasn't something I did or how I looked or anything like that, right? It was some some energy that was created that made Brody feel like this is it. Hmm. Well, I think that's partly the reason why we why we connected so quickly. Also, when we met each other, because, like I said, we had been doing a lot of the work on ourselves. You know, we had worked with mentors, we had gotten a lot of support, mm-hmm. and taken a lot of action and faced our own fears and our own shadows. So, when we met each other, we were both really being. We were able to just be and not so worried about what we're going to do or what we're going to say, but just being with each other. And so, I don't even remember what I said. I don't yeah, so we just. Yeah, we just we were operating from a place of being because of that. So yeah. that's why the importance of yeah, get of doing taking that action, getting the right support, and uh, yeah, clearing out a lot of those blocks, yeah, those barriers to love. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Well, folks, we have arrived at a part of the show I call "Bring It All Home," and this is where we're going to step away from stories, and I'm going to ask you to give some really simple guidance that our listeners can, you know, apply to their relationships and partnerships right away. And where I want to start is I'd love to know from each of you, what would you consider the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received? I think for me, it's lean in because I was always the one who, I don't want to talk to you right now, or I just want to leave or, you know, and I'm sure the women who are listening to this right now can totally relate. Um, versus like, how about walking towards him and hugging him and maybe you'll cry together, right? And you realize like, what was that really all about? Why did you just get angry, right? And why did you just want it to run? Why did you get into fight or flight? I wanted to close off your heart. Um, what, what did you really want? And because what I found was when I really learned to keep leaning in, and it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy at all, but like, out of the sudden, I just broke open, right? I just saw, oh, there's like this, this inner girl inside of me that wants love or I didn't feel, you know, paid attention to or whatever it is, right? But there's something softer and I become emotionally even more available also to myself. So I would definitely say lean in. Fantastic. Mm. How about you, Brody? Awesome. Yeah, that's a tough one to really distill it down to one of my my favorites um i mean because there was a lot of things that really helped me one one of the the first ones i remember i mean nothing would have shifted for me if somebody hadn't told me uh the importance of asking for help you know asking for help when i when i wasn't able to to mm. to have it um have what i wanted and uh to be willing to ask for help and be vulnerable in that sense of letting somebody uh, guide me and support me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one of my dating coaches that I had early on that actually working with him one-on-one really was a huge breakthrough for me because I got to see that different way of being um, by working with him. So just being vulnerable and being willing to set my ego aside and asking for help, mm-hmm. um, that was huge. Um, that was a huge breakthrough. And then also um, besides that is just communication, you know, communication and 
um, being willing to communicate from a deeper level, for example, on a feelings level, like um, talking about my feelings, asking her about her feelings. What are you feeling right now? Um, what are you feeling right now? Why are you feeling that way? And uh, what do you want are some of my three favorite questions to ask her in partnership. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Um, and then uh, um, commitment and being committed, being committed to, to living a better, having better standards for what I wanted um, and saying, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Cause actually when I was depressed with my breakup in my, my first relationship, I actually was on the verge of suicide. And I was actually starting to think about actually killing myself because I was so depressed. But then in that moment, what happened is a stronger part of me came out and said, yeah, you can do that. But what if instead you did whatever it took to never, ever, ever have to feel this way ever again? And that's what I did. And I said, OK, I put my stake in the ground. And I said, yes, I'm going for it. And uh, I just did. I went all out, whatever it took to master it. That's what I did. And that's what helped me. I feel the really breakthrough. I, I was talking to my friend the other day and he used this great metaphor. It's like when they were building airplanes that were trying to br uh, breach the sound barrier, they were just making them fast enough just to get just past the sound barrier. And the interesting thing that was happening was each of those planes kept falling apart and crashing. And then finally, one scientist said, you know what, forget the sound barrier. Like, let's build a plane that goes like um, you know, almost twice as fast as a sound barrier. Like, let's make that plane. And they built a plane that went even faster. And then when they did that, that plane just broke through the sound barrier. So I feel like that's what happens. We have so much resistance that comes up that you need to actually be so committed, not only that you're going to have a partner, but you're going to have the best partnership that has ever existed on the planet. Like, to have that as a goal, just have mm. that fulfillment and the happiness and ecstaticness of being mm. in that kind of partnership. When you aim for that and you commit to that, that's what I feel really helped me to break through all my inner blocks and barriers and fears to be able to create this kind of amazing relationship with Antia. Yeah, that's that's a great one. I love that. I love them both. So let me ask you this then, because we talked about some different resources and books and so on. And, and what would be the the one book or resource you'd recommend to your listeners and, and, and why? Why that particular one? I would say one one that I that I really like is um, Marry Him. And the reason why it's the book is all about um, making a case for settling for Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Wright. Um, I thought it was for Mr. Something Something. But the point Mr. was, Mr. Good Enough, yeah. Because the point was that as what I, you know, that so many women do what I did, like he has to be perfect, right? Or, you know, his nose was like just like, you know, two degrees, you know, whatever, right? Um, or he calls five minutes later or whatever. And, and instead, to just really see, okay, allow this man to be human, right? And and to really see, okay, you know, that there is actually something great and maybe, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, I don't know, maybe he doesn't need to be six foot, maybe six two, maybe it's okay if he's 5'10 or he has dark hair, not blonde hair, I don't know, right? But just like kind of really see like, why do you want those attributes versus just I want those attributes just just for whatever, right? If you look behind, like, what's so great about that? So that's why I like this book, because it really helps you honestly assess if you're using your pickiness as a way to protect yourself and stay emotionally unavailable. Yeah, yeah, that's great. What about you, Brody? Awesome. Yeah, well, my favorite book I would recommend is a great, amazing book called How to Find the Right Woman 
by Broderick Boyd. <laughs> hmm. I, I want to I say I've heard of him. I, I, yeah. Oh, he's somehow, amazing. I think, I think I've been lucky enough to actually mind. talk to him once. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Yeah, no. So that's, uh, other than that book, <laughs> my, my favorite book, uh, one of that really changed things for me was uh, The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. That's more for men, but women can learn a lot from it as well, just on masculine feminine dynamics, which is actually what me and Ancha feel like we really specialize in. And the yeah. work we do is that masculine feminine dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a great book that really opened up my eyes to that. And uh, one I highly recommend for that whole conversation. Yeah, masculine feminine dynamics. Um, Way Superior Man with David Data. Thank you. No, excellent. Excellent. I'm so glad that you brought both yeah. those books out. Um, and you know, yeah. I think it's pretty clear for our listeners. I know it's clear for me that you guys have like an amazing amount of of resources and, and just your, your, your tremendous support system for people. And I'm wondering, can you let people know how do, how do they contact you? How do they learn more about what you do? Yeah, so basically, if you're for the men, um, one thing that we created is actually what I have is what's called a find the right woman strategy session. And that's where I get on the phone with the man and really help him get clear on what he wants, what's getting in the way. And then we can start to form a strategy, what I recommend to get there. So for all the listeners here, actually, I believe right now, if you still go to my website, which is how to find the right woman.com, how to find the right woman.com, you can go on there right now. And uh, I'd actually be have that session right now is would be completely complimentary as my gift um, for listening and for being a part of this journey and uh, will help us also put together our future books and things we're creating by learning more what you're dealing with. So, um, yeah, I'd really love to connect with you. And that's that would be my gift for the men who are listening. And you can get in touch with me that way as well. And then I believe Antia has a great gift as well. Yeah, so for for the women who really say, you know, yeah, I just uh, I really want to learn how to how to lean in, especially when it's challenging and to actually uh, keep an open heart and and stay vulnerable, right? And, and be true to yourself and also to embrace your quote-unquote shadows and self-judgments, what we just talked about. Um I offer my find the right man discovery session, which is a one hour long phone call where we really go deeper and see how emotionally connected are you to your vision, right? And, and also to what's really getting in the way. You know, are you trying to laugh that over? Or are you actually really present to the consequences that that has on you emotionally, right? Mm. Um, and at the end of the call, we can see if we can create a strategy together, a map, you know, um, to have, for you to really have this amazing congruent aligned relationship that I want you to have because for me it's not so much like just you having a relationship for me it's about you having that that power couple partnership that interdependence where you can talk with your partner about anything and you come out even more empowered out of this conversation mm-hmm. so I help you to create that so if you want to do that um, go to my website how to find the right man dot com mm-hmm. And you can sign up right there. That is and amazing. Complimentary as well. Complimentary, yeah. Complimentary as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very special. Well, thank you. Unchecked. Thank you so much for offering that. And and see, people, I, I told you that this is a power couple. Um, so <laughs> you're getting some incredible gifts here. Uh, well, Auntie mm-hmm. Brody, I, I'm, 
I don't even know what to say. This has been incredible. You guys have been so generous and, and so forthcoming with amazing information. And, and I know our listeners are just sitting there going, wow, I'm going to listen to this several times. There's so much here. Thank you so much for being in the show. Mm, oh, thank you for having me. It was Ken. a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.